Hello and welcome again to Filled with His Love. You know, the parable of the talents is one of the best-known parables Jesus ever taught. We all know the story. The Lord gave one person five talents, another two talents, and another one talent. The first doubled his talents to ten, the second doubled his to four, and the last hid his talent in the earth because he was afraid. There are so many possible lessons from this parable. If I were teaching a lesson on this parable, I'd ask class members to talk with the person next to them and see how many lessons they could come up with from this one parable. If we look at talents as a measure of wealth, the Lord was giving each of the three individuals a portion of his wealth to see what they would do with it. The first two invested it wisely and doubled their investment. The third hid his money quite figuratively, under the mattress. Didn't do anything with it. But I don't really believe that the most important lessons of this parable are about investing money. I like the broader interpretation that says, the Lord gives us all gifts, and he expects us to use those gifts to build the kingdom. The law of consecration, as described in the Doctrine and Covenants, states that if we obtain any excess, we need to donate it to the bishop's storehouse for the benefit of all. This sounds like donating money, but it's far more than that. As stated in the church handbook, during the temple endowment, we make a covenant to, quote, keep the law of consecration, which means that members dedicate their time, talents, and everything with which the Lord has blessed them to build up Jesus Christ's church on the earth, end quote. So this covenant includes much more than monetary donations. Our time and talents. In this case, I do not believe the word talent is used as it is in the book of Matthew. It's referring to the skills we have developed that can help us serve God more effectively. When a missionary learns a foreign language, for example, they develop a talent in speaking that language, and that talent permits them to communicate with those with they will teach. If they don't develop the talent, they will have difficulty becoming an effective missionary. There's an interesting book that was published in 2010, uh, so it's been out there for a while, but, but if you've never seen it, it's worth a read. The title is Talent is Overrated, What Really Separates World-Class Performers from Everybody Else. The author is Jeff, G-E-O-F-F, Colvin, C-O-L-V-I-N. Talent is Overrated. If you just type in, if you just Google Talent is Overrated, you'll find this book all over the place. I think the central message of this book ties in extremely well with the parable of the talents and also with the law of consecration. One message from the parable is that the Lord likes effort, as President Nelson has taught. It's a parable about work. That parable of the talents is really a parable about the value of work and effort. And what is the type of work he's ta it's talking about? Improving the gifts we've been given from God. It doesn't matter how many gifts we've been given, it's the amount of effort we expend to develop those gifts that's important. Now, I want to share a few quotes from the book, Talent is Overrated, with a comment or two on each of these excerpts. Quote from the book, There is absolutely no evidence of a fast track for high achievers. Hmm. End quote. Wouldn't it be nice if we could become skilled at something with little effort 
in a very short period of time. Yes, it would be very nice, but life is not like that. You've seen probably some of those advertisements become fluent in Spanish in only three weeks or something like that. I mean, it's this, these are kind of, these are silly kinds of ads. Uh, we cannot develop proficiency in a foreign language in a matter of days. It takes time. We might look at someone play the piano effortlessly and think, wow, she is so gifted. But she became skilled by lots and lots of practice. Nobody becomes skilled instantly. Here's another quote. Being good at whatever we want to do is among the deepest sources of fulfillment we will ever know, end quote. I think that's one reason we have the law of consecration. That's one reason the Lord is asking us to develop our talents, not just to bless others, but it blesses our own life when we develop something and get better at it. The Lord wants us to be happy in life, and one way to find joy is to develop a skill. It doesn't matter if the skill is a craft, an intellectual skill, or a skill in the arts. Whatever pulls us, we should try to develop. When we master a new skill, it's satisfying. It brings us happiness. And when we share it with others, it can bring real joy. Research has looked at those who were accomplished musicians, and here's what they found. Quote, one factor, and only one factor, predicted how musically accomplished the students were, and that was how much they practiced, end quote. Now, this is kind of disappointing for some of them. A lot of us would like to just be able to sit down at the piano and start playing concertos, but no. What the researchers have found is every complex skill takes a lot of time to develop. So now we're back to the idea of effort or work again. Back to President Nelson, the Lord likes effort. If we work at it, we can improve our ability to perform the task. If we're lazy and don't practice, we won't improve. Pretty simple. But it's one of the keys to a fulfilling life. The author of the book Talent is Rated cites a pile of research, really, on what is called deliberate practice. I've always liked this particular line of research. If someone practices only the skills they're already good at, they don't improve much. But if they identify the hard parts, the difficult sub-skills, and practice those a lot, their performance will get better. Here's how the author summarizes this research. Quote, deliberate practice is characterized by several elements, each worth examining. It is activity designed specifically to improve performance, often with a teacher's help. It can be repeated a lot. Feedback on results is continuously available, end quote. So let's unpack this a little. Let's imagine the figure skater who wants to skate in competition. They can, they can do certain jumps with little difficulty, but some jumps are very hard for them to execute. So the skaters who engage in deliberate practice work only on the hard jumps. They don't keep doing those other jumps over and over again because they can already do those. They just keep working on the ones that they can't do and that's the ones that make them fall a lot. But gradually they fall less and are able to execute the difficult jumps. But in order for the deliberate practice to work, a coach or teacher needs to give feedback. The coach in this case sees the mistake this skater is making during the hard jump 
helps the skater recognize what they did wrong and then asks the skater to repeat the jump until the skater gains confidence and stops falling. It reminds me of when I go swimming in the morning. Uh, I go swimming at the BYU pool, and there are BYU students who are on the diving team. And for part of my swim, they are all practicing in a different pool in the diving pool that I can see them uh, do these amazing double flips and triple flips and unbelievable diving moves. They, I, I feel like I'm watching the Olympics. But there's always a coach sitting on the bank with a microphone. And he tells them, this is what you did well. This is what you need to change. Move your arm this way. Move your leg that way. I can see him demonstrating with his arms and his legs. And then they go and try it again and keep doing it and doing it over and over again. You don't become an Olympic diver without making a lot of dives. So this book is really saying that talent is overrated and practice is underrated. The important thing is how much we work to develop the talents we've been given. Here's a quote worth thinking about those who think that IQ or an aptitude test for that matter is what predicts how talented someone is at something. Quote, IQ, or intelligence quotient, is a decent predictor of performance on an unfamiliar task. But once a person has been at the job for a few years, IQ predicts little or nothing about performance. It's interesting that universities are beginning to reconsider requiring aptitude tests at all, like the ACT or ACT, for admission. Tests in general are not good predictors of future performance. What is a good predictor of future performance? The amount of effort one devotes to the learning task. In other words, practice. There's no substitute for it. President Nelson has a talent for foreign language. I was with him once when he spoke Italian to one person who came in, Spanish to another person who came in, and they were amazed at his proficiency. Um, so we might look at him speaking another language and say to ourselves, wow, he is so gifted with language. And we'd be right, but we do not see how much time and effort he has spent in developing that gift. I personally believe he has devoted significant amounts of time over the years to develop his gift with language. And why was he so motivated to learn languages? I believe it's because he knew that it would help him connect with people all over the world in his ministry as an apostle, and now president of the church. He took DNC 90 verse 15 seriously, urging us to, quote, study and learn and become acquainted with all good books and with languages, tongues, and people, end quote. You're probably familiar with the time when he heard President Kimball encourage people to learn some Chinese, and so he immediately went and started learning Chinese, and then that led to all kinds of great connections with China. So this is President Nelson. He's kind of our exemplar uh, that we can see right now here on the earth. The Lord has given all of his children the capacity to develop certain gifts and talents. Finding those talents is one of our tasks in mortality. Finding our gifts is not necessarily a simple thing. We have to even work at that. We have to try things and see 
how things feel to us. And if we are attracted to try and get better at something. So this identification of our own gifts is a part of this whole process. But we shouldn't take too long looking for them. Rather, we should spend most of our time developing them. Few of us need to develop the skill level in anything that will take us to the Olympics or an other, you know, international competition. But we all have the responsibility to develop whatever gifts we've been given. So I hope it's helpful to think of the idea of deliberate practice. That means spending less time rehearsing the things that are easy for us, even though that's more fun at times, and spending more time on the hard things that will lift us to a new level. I hope this is helpful, and I hope you'll share it with someone if you think it might be helpful for them. Thanks a lot for listening, and we'll see you next time.